Pod from a Chair. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Pod from a Chair. This is the first of what we hope will be a series of podcasts about pop culture, social issues, lists, life lessons, and various other musings. I'm Steve Ginsburg, AKA the chair. And with me is the executive editor of the blog and all things notes, Holly Van Buren. I should applaud for Holly. Uh, by the blog, I should say, this is the 10 year anniversary of our blog, Notes from a Chair. Actually, exactly 10 years to the day, which we did not plan at all, as Holly can testify to. She's shaking her head, no, we did not plan it. Um, it was Holly's great idea, actually, that in honor of this, we do a little refresh expansion of the blog and begin a series of podcasts. Uh, and this is the first one. Yes, so, welcome everybody. Yes, welcome. welcome everybody. And this is great. I mean, I don't know. Well, the great thing about this is I don't have to worry about my punctuation. <laughs> and I don't have to correct it. So that's even And you better. don't have to correct it. So that's even better. Um, we, we, one thing that we had talked about um, in doing this is Holly found the first blog actually that we did, which I think is going to link to yes. the link to the podcast, right? Yes. To his or not to his. And we were talking about um, uh, how do you give your opinion? How much opinion do you give? When do you not give your opinion? Well, that's, I don't think there is a case where you don't do that, but, uh, and, so, so that's sort of the, was a jumping off point for this in, in terms of what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and I think it's really um, applicable to today, the fact that your first ever blog post 10 years ago was about your audience and people accepting each other's opinion. And I have to read a quote from it because I just cannot believe that you wrote this 10 years ago to the day. <laughs> he said, can't we just have an intelligent argument and examine our differences without my opinions being minimized and insulted which i think is so apropos right and i'm just going to continue and then i want to hear from steve about this hey he said our audience might not agree or they may dislike our opinions entirely but all are equally valid maybe some ideas are better expressed or more popular than others yet even the cretinous idiot who disagrees with you not me might get it right occasionally and should be respected Mm. So uh, the question uh, becomes, Steve, do you still believe in this 10 years down the road after four years of what we've been going through for sure? Um, do you still feel that everyone's opinion is valid and should be listened to? <laughs> That's uh, Cretinous idiot has become, <laughs> has risen to such a different level at this point in time mm -hmm. that, um, you know, my... My role as a college professor, I, to some extent, I, I have to uh, feel that way. But I have to say in real life, I've realized, especially because of the last four years, that there's a cutoff point and that, you know, you can't, as people are saying a lot these days, you can't argue with people who have a different set of facts. And, you know, you don't necessarily want to fall into the abyss of arguing with somebody who basically is a cretinous idiot, and you know you you know you can argue till the end of the day and and further, and they won't. No, not only will they not change their opinion, but they won't really listen to you. So you're kind of wasting your words. So there's no point. But you know, I I think that for the most part, 
yeah, you know, I, I try to respect and listen to what people are saying because it's really about trying to listen and see where they're coming from and see if you can come up with a follow-up thing to what they're thinking. And it's almost when you're writing about it, you're, I, at least for me, I'm intuitively thinking about, okay, they're thinking this. One thing I try to do is I, I often will try to insult myself, you know, or at least take the wind out of my sails if I feel like I'm getting too pretentious. <laughs> I think that invites people in to a certain extent. But, but, but don't you think it's also in the way that you say it to people? Oh, you know, for sure. For sure. It's really in the way that you say something. Yeah. So if we, if not to leave be, I, I, I don't want to focus on what happened uh, uh, at the Capitol this week, but to use that as the most timely example, you could refer to the people who stormed the Capitol this week as domestic terrorists. You could call them the leftover cast of Duck Dynasty. <laughs> you could call them those people who lived in the woods in deliverance 40 years later. You could say they're rioters, seditionists, misguided fools, or slightly subhuman, or you could just use the all encompassing term Trump supporters. You know, <laughs> I'm half joking, but I'm half serious. Right. You know, domestic terrorists is okay. That's I'm stating my opinion without being in. I, I think without being insulting. You know, right. uh, what I don't want to, what I what I don't want to do is say, okay, the demonstrators. Because the, because that's the difference, you know, and I think that's the difference from what you were you were talking about about you know what I was saying ten years ago about being being even handed. I think that we have to call things what they are now, and that it's not. I don't want to even say polite, but the you know if everything is so politically careful, then there's nothing. Then you're not saying anything, which yeah. is what I tell students. Yeah, anyway, that absolutely. Was, that's a yeah. sidebar leading into not a sidebar uh, at all that's a perfect uh, a perfect insight from the chair here let's just pull it back to you know thinking about that first post um and yeah. why we why you even started the blog to begin with well the the reason i started it which is and this is absolutely true i i had a dream I can't, You're I mean, I'm a, I, I mean, I hate to even say this out loud. I had this dream. I was either in the shower. It was a dream. I'm pretty sure it was a dream that I thought about in the shower where I thought I should write a blog called Notes from a Chair because I had just been given this title, Pendleton Chair at Ithaca College, Los Angeles, Ithaca College, Los Angeles program. So that was my title, you know, uh, uh, Pendleton Chair. And I, it was a hard thing to get past for me. I mean, I was I was honored, but it was also just not me, a chair. So I thought, well, how can I deflate this? So not even deflate it, but how can I make this more human somehow? And I and I don't know for some reason I thought notes from a chair. Oh, that's that's sort of funny. And people were starting to do blogs at, at that point. I mean, this was you know ten years ago. I, I was trying to think about this. It was not, there wasn't really very much social media at that point, I don't think. I mean, there was Facebook, but I don't think Twitter was a thing or maybe I'm wrong or maybe it was, but it was just starting. I think it was uh, a thing, but I don't think it was as wide, widespread. I, I, ca I can't believe I've worked with you for 10 years on this and I had no I, idea it came to you in a dream. That is just I, blowing I, my mind. It, 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 it literally, the tie, and, and what's funny is as a writer, I've always been awful at titles of things it's for some reason I, I i have a lot of ideas and i can execute them but 
titles have always eluded me and it just sort of, it really did just sort of come to me in a dream or in the shower. Oh, I'll do this. And I remember running it by you and you said, that's a good idea. And I had to get, the, the other reason I thought it was a good idea for me is that um, it, it was able to focus. I have a lot of opinions about things and I, <laughs> a few, and, a few. And, and, uh, you know, you have to really be the kind of person that wants to voice. I mean, I guess there's a bunch of ego involved. You have to be kind of the person who wants to voice their opinion. But it also for me is that I felt like it was a way to get out of my mind of, of what I was thinking and to do it in a writerly fashion, somewhat disciplined, you know. Also growing up, in, especially in the 70s, I always, my dream was to have a newspaper column. I wanted to be like Jimmy Breslin or not necessarily write about politics, but but, um, you know, I used to read, you know, Nora Ephron's early books uh, th th that, that she wrote were a series for columns. You know, there were a whole bunch of people who were columnists in that tradition in the 60s and 70s. And I always thought it'd be great to do that. And since I wasn't working for a newspaper, but then when Block started, I thought, oh, my God, this is like a column. I could just do a column every week. You know, I don't care if I get paid. I get to give, I mean, the payment is you get to, people, you know, will read it and you get to give your opinion. So that's really why I started it. Yeah, and I and I I even remember early on in the blog, you even included some recipes at the end of your, I at did. the end of your post, which is very uh, Nora Ephron esque. Very Nora, very heartburn Nora Ephron ish. Yeah. Yes, uh, but over the course of ten years, you have covered so so much. Um, obviously, you have talked about movies and television. You've even given fashion advice. Uh, I remember a particular blog post about why can't we find a plain white shirt anywhere anymore. Yeah. Um, you have uh, written. You have written about your own, uh, you know, personal life. You've even gone as far. Uh, as as doing an entire blog post about why you should floss, um, we have covered the gamut. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I forgot about that. It must have been after my dental nightmare. I, I, I it was one hundred percent after your dental nightmare. Yeah. But very yeah. good advice. Um, but what I love about you know working with you on the blog always is that you always take. You know, you take big world events and, and, and big sort of transformative moments and you always kind of bring it down to like the personal level and you inject yourself into it um, a lot. You're never, it never feels like you're preaching. So that's always been something that I have admired about uh, the blog over this time. But I have to ask you, how have you managed to write a weekly blog for 10 years. You, there, I looked back, there is barely a week we ever missed, um, with the exception of when you went literally to Italy and we still posted a blog with images <laughs> of the trip. <laughs> so how have you done it for 10 years every uh, single week? It, it, you know, I think for me, it became, it's become uh, like a diary or a, um, a writing exercise. Uh, a, 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 I don't even want to say exercise, but it's become a kind of creative expression. At some point it occurred to me that unless I'm vulnerable with people through whatever writing I do, whether it's blog writing, journalism, screenplay, you know, TV or theater, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever the medium is, people are just not going to care, you know, because it, it takes a, if there's no emotion, if there's no vague emotional element in it, then it doesn't, it, it becomes not human in a way, you know, it becomes very clinical. I shouldn't say not human because there are certainly things that are not, um, uh, you know, 
overtly emotional that, that you read or, or, or you go to see. But for that writer, if it's good, but I, I would argue if it's good, it's something that that person feels something about. You know, if it's a part of history, it's something that that, that writer feels very strongly about history, you know, and what, his, and what learning about history can do for people. So that's what I'm talking about as far as, you know, emotion goes. Yeah, and, and, and I think that what you've done over the course of this 10 years, I mean, a lot of your, your posts talk about, you know, being a, a college professor and having students who are so young and then you kind of reflecting your experiences through what they're writing about and their screenplays and things like that. And those are always my favorite posts because I think that it's like, you know, you, maybe you see yourself as like, you know, this, this, you know, not being able to relate to what they're talking about, but that's never the case. You always can relate to what they're talking about. That's, I can always that's such a cliche, you know, and, and you never, you never shy away from embracing the idea of like, yes, no, we can connect. It doesn't matter how old we are together. Well, the, the, here's the coolest thing about being a college professor by far. And, and uh, granted, I'm a, a, a writing professor, which is a slightly different, different it's thing. A be- it's, each- better. it's better. It's better. <laughs> It's the better kind. <laughs> Is that I am um, I am amazed how I how much I can relate to the stuff that most of them write about. It's no different than when I started. It's the same thing. It's about feeling like you don't belong. Um, isolate, especially these days. Isolation, wanting a friend, no one understands you. Um, uh, uh, the world is a, a screwed up, I was, was going to say fucked up. I can say fucked up place. It's your podcast. It it's my, it's our, the world's a fucked up place and it's never going to get any better. Right. Uh, love sucks. You know, all those things that when, that we've all felt in, in our lives. Uh, and and what I do find really interesting, especially with younger people, is that oftentimes they don't want to give their character a happy ending because that's where you are when you're in your early 20s, I think. That's where I certainly was. Sometimes they do. But a lot of times people don't want, you know, they think it's cheesy. And I'm like, cheesy? Are you kidding? It couldn't possibly be cheesy. Right, exactly. And cheesy is good. Cheesy is yeah, good. Well, yeah, time. look at what people, you know, as long as it's honest. Right. If it's honest, it's not, it won't be cheesy. That's the, exactly. see, that's really the difference. If you're honest about what you're doing and you give somebody a really happy ending, there's nothing cheesy about it because it's been earned. Exactly, exactly. And what's so interesting in looking over the past 10 years of your blog post, those lessons aren't different. Uh, depending right. on the time. I mean, to go back to your first blog post and the idea that the first thing that you wrote about was, should we respect each other's opinions? The idea that that's the first thing that you wrote about. And sad. Well, because as, as I remember, I was writing, a, I was writing about Black Swan, right? <laughs> and and, and what, I, what I remember is this, is, some, is commenting about it on Facebook and people can read about the, the, this in, in, the, in our, you know, reposting of it, and somebody saying, "Oh well, people are going to that movie, uh, going to that movie to to laugh at it," and I and I happen to have really liked that movie, you know, and but I get that it's not everybody's taste, but the person who was respond then was responding to me was sort of just basically discounting what I was saying, like, "Oh, no serious film goer would like that movie." First of all, what the hell's a serious film goer? That's what I want to know. Like, like, does that mean that? <laughs> 
is there a card that you have to get to be a serious <laughs> film goer? Like, like, first of all, I don't even want to be a serious film goer. What does that even mean? You know, oh, I'm a serious film goer. You know, I, <laughs> I don't like, this used to get me, when I used to write reviews for Variety, I remember coming in uh, uh, and I had to review the movie Nine to Five. And there was a guy, he's a big deal film reviewer. Well, now I'll mention who it is, Tom McCarthy. Uh, and he, he said, well, you couldn't have liked that movie at nine to five. And I said, well, I actually thought it was really charming and fun. And he looked at me and he threw his reporter's notebook across the, the room, literally in variety. He threw his notebook. And, and of course that only made me like the movie even more, nine to five. And you could look it up, I gave it a great review. I mean, it's not a brilliant movie, but it's not trying to be Sophie's Choice. You know, it is, it is what it is. It's like when people criticize Ryan Murphy and you know, there's stuff, I suppose there's stuff to criticize, you know, and I love a lot of his stuff. Some of the stuff I don't like as much, but you know, he's, he's doing what he's doing. He's telling you what it is when it starts. And you know, you can like it or not like it. Right. And I think that that's sort of right at the center of what your blog has been about for 10 years. Because while you, every single Oscar season, you have commented on and talked about what, it, what are sort of elevated to be the most important films of the year, you have blog posts about exactly that, Ryan Murphy television shows, silly things that we've watched. I mean, how many reality shows? We talked about winners of The Voice. We have talked about so many things on the blog. Um, and I think that that just is so reflective. Of you. you know, I've been talking about this for years to people. This high-low art argument and discussion is, so, it, it, it really gets to me. I find it so sickening. Um, you know, we could go on and on about what, what is high art and what's low, there's art, you know, and there's different kinds of art. And I, you know, and, and to start categorizing things about this is more worthy than this, and this film is more, you know, give me a break. I right. mean, do you know how hard it is to create a decent piece of, of work anyway? <laughs> so I'm not going to put somebody down because they're doing a piece of work in a genre that I don't happen to like. If it, if it works and people love it and it's not and it's not really offensive, it can be a little offensive. It's just, it's not really <laughs> just a offensive. little. But I mean, yeah. to, to your point, uh, you know, 40 years later, people are talking about, can they make a sequel to nine to five? So, you know, can we right. get the girls back together? So who was really right? I think the, yeah. chair, I Hello. Think the chair gets it. The chair wins it on that one. <laughs> and they're all still here. Well, you have really covered it all in 10 years. Listen, I appreciate anybody listening and, and, and reading. You know, this was so much fun. And Holly and I were talking right before we started and thinking, well, this could go on for five hours. You know, nobody. Easily. Uh, easily. <laughs> well, uh, I guess that, that's all we have. That's, for this, for that's this it. Episode. episode one, we did it. Episode one, we did it. And, and we will, we, God knows there's going to be more opinions and, um, a lot more to say. There's a lot to talk about is what yes. I'm saying. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you soon. We'll hear you soon. Mm -hmm.